Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Catch more. Run forwards, pass backwards. Rugby doesn't have to be complicated. Nothing more satisfying in life than a handoff to the face. Hello and welcome to the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name is Justin and I'm joined by the CEO of Merwell's, the man with the cans, Mark Silver. How are you? Doing well, Justin. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. So we're going to talk about our guest today, Shauna Brown. I don't know very much about rugby. I know even less about women's rugby. So this was very interesting for me to find out about Shauna. How did you first meet Shauna? We first met Shauna by uh, painting her, a picture of her on the side of Twickenham. It's not a bad way to to meet someone, is it? And uh, yeah, she literally casually walked past it, saw it and screamed a bit and uh, jumped up and down. And with her, her colleague... Zoe Harrison, who was also in the mural, was just doing loads of selfies and poses in front of it for ages. And we joined in a bit of the fun, had a right laugh with her. Very, very pleased to say that we, uh, we've we become quite good friends since. She's an amazing person. I wasn't expecting her to be like that. I'll be honest with you. Preconceptions, um, mm. just because a woman rugby player who looks really tough and mean and the picture of her that we were painting was she looked quite aggressive because she's going into these tackles and she's a real strong physical player. But she's actually a very, very gentle, careful, polite lady. She is, yeah. I've I've met her since she she's uh, she's lovely. So let's um, let's catch up with Shauna. You had a game of, you had a game of football with her, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I fell over, so we're not going to go into that too much. Uh, there is footage somewhere of that. She which, fell over. Yeah, we're not we're not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where the footage of that is. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's get into uh, listening to our chat with Shauna. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Look, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So what I was going to do first, just to make sure that I am uh, speaking to the right person, I'm going to look at your Wikipedia page very quickly. Oh, occasion... oh you don't want to go. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what's there. I know, I know, exactly. So let's just start from the beginning. Shauna Brown, born 15th of March 1990. Does that sound right to start with? Yeah, but I don't know if I want to admit that out loud. Somebody start robbing me money or something or changing my bank details or logging into my car insurance. 
sense. Well, I saw Wikipedia. Don't put your pin number on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, whatever you do, no. It says you're a former English rugby union player and former hammer thrower. Now, I assume, <laughs> I assume that isn't just like DIY hammers. We're talking proper uh, Olympic <laughs> hammer throwing here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, to be fair, I did throw through actual hammers because I used to do Highland Games as well. And they were essentially uh, mallets. Mallets? Wow. Right. Sledge, what, sledgehammer? Yeah, sledgehammer. I don't discriminate on my hammers. That's good to, that's <laughs> good to know. It says you represented England in the hammer throw event at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. But it also says you've worked as a gas engineer, a firefighter and a commercial diver. Is that correct? Yeah, that's all true, yeah. Wow, wow. It means I've got the right person, which is absolutely fantastic. So how did you get involved in sort of hammer throwing and things? Is this something that you did from a young age or is this something that you came to later on in life? Yeah, so I started athletics quite young. I was 11 or 12, just went down to my local track initially to do mini marathon trials. And if anybody knows me or even sees me now, like I weigh 100 kilos, 5 foot 10, I am not built for running. But it was just about being out there, being active. So quickly realised, you know, running was not for me um, and just asked at the local athletics track what, what club they have there, what events they have there. And initially it was shot put and discus. And I was doing those two for a few years, like six, seven, eight years, whatever it was. And then eventually I thought, well, if I'm doing shot and discus, I might as well do hammer as well. Like it's in the same circle. It's in the same net. It's on the same field. Might as well st- stick that in as well. So yeah, just from about 11 or 12 years old, just do the throws events and anything, pretty much anything anybody asked me to do, I would do. Like I say, a bit of Highland Games, a bit of Strong Women event, a bit of boxing in there as well. So young age and just being active and wanting to be out of the house and go to training three or four times a week from the age of 12. Wow. Okay. Okay. I've got to say, I've never done any of those things. So I wouldn't have the first clue about shot putting or throwing hammers or anything. Is there lots of techniques that you have to learn when you start? Or is it just something that, you know, you're going to say you pick it up as you go along, you tend to throw it as you go along, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, was it something that you kind of took to straight away or? Yeah. And I'm no good at throwing as in, if you throw a stone, ask me to throw a stone, throw a tennis ball, throw a golf ball, whatever, throw it as far away as possible. I was never any good at that. Right. But then I realized you don't have to be good at that kind of throwing to be good at shot discus and hammer and in fact javelin is the one that normal people do but as with everything in my life I'm not particularly normal um, <laughs> so it was a lot about technique how your body's set up and how long your arms are and your legs and all of that good stuff but essentially the better technique you have the further you'll throw and the stronger you are the further you'll throw so if you've got technique and you're strong you're going to keep throwing further and further but some of those the men and women on the world stage are insanely strong like silly silly strong right um, and they've got need to go with it as well but yeah it's something any, anyone can have a go in I'd never say anyone's too small or too big or anything for, for shot discus or hammer it's just sometimes how your body's set up sometimes people are just better at it than others but just like any sport just have a go if you want to have a go I tried it once before I remember an athletics club just to try it for the sake of it and it, you got to spin around first yeah I'm talking about the right thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shot, you don't have to spin around, but you can. But the other two are spinning around. Yeah, it's just like when do you know to stop spinning? And you're at the bit where it opens up. And I tried it a few times. And I just kept throwing it at the actual netting because I couldn't work out where I was. Plus the fact that I was really dizzy as well. So yeah, it wasn't for me. It's one of those ones that you just know when you know, you know. You just let go and it, it goes out the cage and sometimes it doesn't go out the cage. But, but when you know, you know. Marvellous. The athletics and stuff is, is is an individual event, isn't it? But then when you, you move to rugby, you're now playing a, a team game. What was the difference there between going from an individual sport to a team sport? Well, the first thing is essentially you have to consider everyone at the same time you're considering yourself and as much as when I say out loud it sounds kind of selfish but if you've gone from an individual sport 
to a team sport, you completely understand what I'm saying. Like if I'm going to training, if I'm individual sport, going to training, all I have to think about is getting myself ready, making sure I've eaten, making sure I've drunk, making sure I've slept enough, making sure I know what I'm doing when I get to training, etc. But when you're in a team sport, it's all well and good knowing, making sure you're in a good place and your mind is in the right place and that you've eaten and that you're ready and prepped for training. But if you've got sometimes 25, 30 other people at training with you who are not prepped and ready for training, then, you know, it's almost no good me being ready because most of the most of the group aren't. So it's just that constantly having to think about other people. So if I'm going to fill up a water bottle, is there anybody else that needs up a water bottle if I forgot my boots at least I can put a message out there. has anybody got boots because previously if I forget my boots that's it training's not going to happen because yes. I can't live so far away can't go home yeah. and my favourite one amongst women as well and only women would understand sports bra if you forget your sports bra you might as well cancel the training session so you do often get messages on the group has anybody got a spare sports bra because I'm coming from work and I've only got my normal bra so it's not going to happen but yeah it's just a constant consideration for other people and it's not easy it's not easy it's not easy to please everyone it's not easy to keep everyone happy and ultimately you learn that you're never going to keep everyone happy so you know just stick to a majority Mm. but it's also a lot of fun learning how learning how to be around people learning how to talk to people but for me I really enjoyed learning how to get the best out of people and realizing that everybody has different needs and the way I want to and need to be spoken to to get the best out of me is very different to how some other players so for me I'm very black and white tell me what you want don't tell me what you don't want me to do don't dress it up and give me a shit sandwich just tell me what you want me to do yeah but then I realized not everybody's like that so then when I was having that attitude towards other people and they was upset with me or sad or sometimes like going off crying I'm like what's the problem I've just told her what I wanted to do Mm. and you realize that it's not working for her so that's on me to change it Um, and it's on me to learn each individual as with any group organization whether it's sport or it's work wherever it's in your family you learn people need have different needs and how to communicate with them different physical needs like it's all about learning people and that's for me that's been the fun tough tough part but fun but you came to rugby at 25 had you had you played it before then or did you just go straight to it without really never playing it before <laughs> yeah I just I just thought I'd have a go <laughs> you just said, never, oh, I'll, I'll try rugby <laughs> Yeah, I never played it, never watched it, had no idea what any of the rules or the laws were. The two main ones, and it stay with they stay with me now because I coach and it's still very basic, but people don't always get it. To catch the ball, well, that's just that's not a rule. That just happens to catch the ball. Yeah. To run forward, pass backwards. And that's all rugby is sometimes. And some people don't get it. And I'm just like, just run forwards. Just run, put your head down, suck some defenders in and just keep running until someone physically puts you on the floor. So whilst there are a lot of laws associated with rugby, there's a lot of things to learn. There's a lot to take in, to kick in, when to kick, all of that stuff. But ultimately, catch ball, run forwards, pass backwards. Rugby doesn't have to be complicated. You've really simplified that really well. I actually... I've only been to a couple of games in my whole life. And one of them was recently was the Six Nations, the men's Six Nations against Wales. And we were sitting with loads of people that worked for the RFU. And I was being that annoying person, just asking lots of questions. At one point, they actually turned around and said, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Because <laughs> it was just like, you know, I was, why are they doing that? Why are they not doing this? And they were like, I don't know. It just is. So it is quite complicated. But yeah, I suppose if you break it down, you can simplify it in a certain way, can't you? And then learn the hard bits later. Yeah, because what you'll find is a lot of people, and this is, I guess, life in general, they'll talk about things like gnome until you question them and you go, why? And they go, actually, I don't know, but just be quiet because I don't want to know. I don't want people to know that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have to pretend that I know. 
And those people have been in, in rugby for years, but I'd back myself to say there's a lot more that I know, but I won't boast and show off about that people who have been around for a long time don't know because they've never questioned it. Whereas I'm like you, Mark, I'll question something and I'll go, why? And I'll look it up. I'll read the law book. I'll speak to coaches and I will ask why. And I won't settle until I've got an answer. Like I'm that kind of annoying person that you just answer just to make me go away. But yeah, there are a lot of rules and laws, but if everybody catches the ball, runs forward and passes backwards some t- at some point someone's going to score a try and that's that's all that matters is scoring tries there's other stuff that happens in between but if somebody just catches the ball runs forwards they're going to score eventually absolutely so did you have your uh, eyes set on performing at the elite level right from the start or, or did that come later because obviously you, you walk into rugby at 25 not really knowing very much about it but you achieved high level very very quickly so was that something you wanted to do straight away or did that come later um, it depends what you call straight away so initially my straight away is like a week or two and I go oh, this is good fun yeah I really enjoy playing I enjoy the fact that I've got a commute into London to go to training because that's what I was doing with athletics. I enjoyed the fact that I wasn't training six days a week, but again, I lasted about two weeks and I thought, oh, this is boring. Like I need, I've got so much spare time on my hands. There's so many spare days. There's so many spare evenings, spare weekends. Like surely there's time to, to do and train more. So I was happy for a few weeks just sort of at my local club. And then I went to watch a Women's Six Nations game. So I started in the summer, within a few months, basically, I told myself, I'm just going to play rugby for England. And that was literally it. I was at a Six Nations game, just turned to my mum and said, I, I reckon I could do that. And she's used to me. And she goes, yeah, all right, go on then. And so that, that was said to people. And I told my old rugby coach, I'm going to play rugby for England. And he's like, oh, great. I, I don't know if he backed me or not. I have no idea. But all that mattered is that I backed me. And you make the inquiries as to how it happens. And I found out that you had to play for a premiership club. So then it's about finding your closest one and contacting people, blah, 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 blah. But it was, yeah, finding how to make that happen. And then literally molding my whole life around sport as I have done the whole time. But I took a little break from it in terms of local rugby. But then when I took rugby seriously again with premiership rugby, had to then mold life around sport again. So, yeah, I just decided within a few months of playing, I decided I wanted to play for England and not long later I was. Was was this at the same time as you were a firefighter or was this at different times? I'm trying to work out when you were also putting fires out. <laughs> yeah, so it was a sim- stuff happened at the same time. When I was a firefighter, I was in the England setup, in the England playing system. And actually, when I was on my fire recruitment course, I got the phone call to say, how would you feel about coming into England camp for the first time? And I was like, oh. I mean, I'd love to, but I'm currently on a residential Monday to Friday firefighter recruit course. So I don't I don't know, really. And they said, well, just ask because the fire service normally support rugby. Um, so I did ask. I went straight to the top of Kent Fire and Rescue Service and just said, this has come up. Can I go off the course for a week? And they was like, mm, well, it's not ideal, but I'm sure we can make it work. See you later. Uh, so, yeah, it, it happened at the same time. And Throughout my time at Kent Fire and Rescue, I was supported so heavily. It was fantastic. I was just, I would always ask for help. Like it wasn't gifted to me. I'd always ask as high as possible. And you realize that people want to help you if you ask nicely. Because that was a question I asked is, why did you help me? There's so many other sports people out within our our organization, et cetera, or people who've got other needs. And they said, well, we don't know because they don't ask for it. And when they do ask, they're rude or they're expecting. But when you asked, Shauna, you was nice, polite. You came in, you smiled. You actually asked rather than demanded like time away. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool to know. So if you want something in life, just ask nicely with a smile on your face. And for me, I generally get it. There you go, Mark. That's what we need to be doing. It's a really <laughs> simple motto, isn't it? But it's so obvious. It's like, just just ask and be nice to people. 
People want to help people who they like. If you like, just anything. You know what I mean? You hold the door open for someone and they don't say thank you. Like, I'm not holding the door open for you again. They say thank you. I think next time I'll run and open the door for you. Just so simple. Just be nice. So what was your favourite thing about rugby when you started? What was the thing that made you fall in love with the game? The contact level and still is to this day. And I don't, I'm not playing anymore, but that will only ever be the bit that I miss is contact. Like running full force into another human being. And it's completely... <laughs> smashed faces. To put your hand in their face and shove them to the ground. <laughs> there's nothing more satisfying in life than a hand off to the face. And especially if there's a picture of the moment or a video recording of the moment and you can look back at it and you're that was fantastic. It doesn't matter what you do after that. Is that what you miss most since retiring? That is it. That yeah. And actually, if we go deeper and how my brain works, when I first started playing rugby, I've always been boisterous, active, like rough and ready, and like I want to fight everyone and everything. Like play fight, but I just I just want to break everything. Just want to test everyone, want to climb everything. And you go like society tells me I'm not supposed to want to do that as a girl, as a woman. I'm not supposed to want to do that to the point where I was literally told that when I was growing up by outsiders, you want to be a boy, don't you? Like you act like that because you want to be a boy. You don't wear dresses because you want to be a boy. Are you gay? You're going to be gay because that's what gay people do, blah, blah, blah. And so I got into rugby and not only is it allowed to be aggressive, to be rough, but it's actively encouraged. And it's like, I want you to hit this person as hard as possible. And if you do, like everyone cheers and you're like, oh, yes, finally, I've found a place where all this, not even aggression, just my energy, where my energy is needed and celebrated. So, yeah, just as a woman in society, if you ever feel like I'm a bit not really needed or encouraged or allowed to be myself because you want to hit things, go and play rugby. I mean, you could do boxing and kickboxing and stuff like that, but I'd always encourage you to play rugby. So you went international in what two years of starting rugby, is that correct? Yeah. So my fun fact is within two years I was playing rugby for England. So I start my first game of 15s was December 2015. And my first game for England was in November 2017. So just a month short of two years. That seems meteoric in terms of going through the levels. How did that feel to you at the time? Uh, it just felt right. <laughs> did it? It just felt right. It just well, felt natural. Like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, it's what, it's what I wanted to do. That's what my aim was. And I'm I'm used to having aims, goals, setting out to achieve them, putting things in place. Like things that just happen. And even when people say, oh, like you're so lucky to play for England or so lucky to be a professional athlete. And I stop him and go, it's not luck. It's not luck that I'm one of the best athletes in the world. It's not luck that I'm one of the strongest women that you know. It's not luck that I have all this success. It's because I work for it. It's because I train for it. It's because I make sacrifices. It's because I don't go to family events. It's because I miss weddings, because I miss funerals, because I, I'm at training, because I'm at games. Like these things are not luck. These are choices that I made. And then my choices, like I didn't go to university and I've always molded my jobs around sport and always put sport before careers. So I've never really progressed up ranks and levels in career. I've had different careers, but I've never progressed up the top of the ladder, but because I've chosen sport. So it's not luck. It's just, um, it just felt right because it's what I'd chosen to go out and do. That's what I dedicated my life in that two years to do. And so in my head, of course, it's going to happen because that's that's what I wanted to happen. So, so what was the high point then of your your rugby career? I mean, you, you won the Grand Slam with England and after some seasons coming second in the final, you won the Premier 15s with the Harlequins. What is your pinnacle of your career, would you say? Uh, am I allowed to have two? Yeah, go on, have two. Why not? Have two. So the first one is winning the Premier, Allianz Premier 15s in 2021 with Harlequins. Um, not only that, 
but also getting player of the match during that game. And afterwards I had a little wobble to camera and a lot of tears. And I said some words that people say it was a speech, but it wasn't a speech. I was answering a question and they've stuck with me ever since. Um, and they've just increased my profile continually because I just spoke about women and the fact that we need to be recognized, celebrated, and that we are good enough all of the time. John, a huge congratulations um, on the club's first ever Premier 15 title. You've done it on the third time of asking. What does that mean to you personally? Well, I'm crying, so it must mean a lot because I don't really cry. <laughs> Any tears of happiness, and my mum is in the crowd and she wasn't going to come, and I'm so glad that she did. Um, but just grateful for everyone to come along. Yeah, it means a lot. Oh, Shona, it's, it's, it's lovely to see that emotion. It's lovely to see how much it means. And I guess, you know, this club has walked away from two consecutive finals as runners-up. So does this mean even more because of that disappointment? Yeah, as I say, third time lucky, but there was no luck involved in today at all. It's hard work all season. Last week, we thought we'd put on the performance of our season, but literally we've come out and done it again. And so proud of everyone and no individual should be singled out because we're such a team and I can't wait to be with the girls again. There's so much I want to ask you about that 80. I mean, you came, about that 70, you came out with such fire in, in your bellies. I'm just, what was the chat in, in that huddle just before kickoff? It was just all about us. It was, we know that it was going to be uh, like a to and fro game. We know what Cyrus can do. We know what Cyrus can do in the last minutes, in the last play. And they proved it again today. And it was just about us and, and keeping our composure and doing it for each other. And the fact that we, we lost two players and, and we still sort of kept it up. And that when the girls came back on, all they could do is apologise. And I'm sure they'll get a few fines for that later. Yeah, the game management at the end, they were brilliant. I'm, I'm going to try not to make you cry again, but I might do, because it's, it's been a tricky season. I mean, we've heard how tough it's been in your bubbles, no socialising. You couldn't even have a full team meeting at the start of the season, not to mention playing without the support. So all things considered, like, what does this mean to, to you guys as players and the club as a whole? Like this is not just about rugby, this is not just about the sport, it's about women and it's about women's sport and it's about putting us on a platform and knowing that we can do it and we've come out and put an, an international standard of rugby in front of fans and this is what rugby should be week in, week out, men or women's, like we're here and I, I challenge anyone to say that women's rugby is not good enough and women are not good enough because we are. You absolutely are. You've done the sport crowd today, Shona. Um, you looked really relaxed pre-match, coming off the bus with your earphones singing, and you leave here as champions, and you leave here as Allianz Premier 50s player of the match. Shona, well done. Huge congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That went crazy. My phone went crazy after that. Like you said, I've won Grand Slams before. I played for England, and nobody cared as much for all of that stuff as they did for the moment I, I said those words after a game. And then the second one is playing in a World Cup final in November against New Zealand. And we lost, which is sad, but it still doesn't take away from my personal goal of playing in the World Cup and then to play in the final as well. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson and you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That was a small margin, wasn't it, that you lost by in that game? Yeah, three points. Three points, I think it was. Yeah. Three points, yeah. Yeah, and that was obviously played a year later because of COVID, wasn't it? Is that correct? Yeah, so it's supposed to be 2021, but they put it back to 2022 because COVID restrictions in New Zealand, etc. So it wasn't so bad when we was out there. Mm. there I don't think there was, wasn't really too many restrictions in place. So it was a lot better because it was 2021 with essentially no crowds. Nobody able to travel there would have had to be in our rooms on our own pretty much all of the time or 2022, wait another year and have it a bit more like a proper World Cup. So yeah, I'm There was a few, few restrictions for you though, Shauna, wasn't there? What, which ones are they? <laughs> you caught, you had COVID, didn't you? you oh, yeah. <laughs> you missed the first game or two oh, games. Oh, yeah. forgot about that. Well, yeah. it was week. <laughs> Pretty big deal. It was like <laughs> a week, bed and board. They, I'd had all my meals bought tomorrow. It was lovely. I'd highly recommend. Just had the room to myself for a week. I was on my own time. Um, they bought a bike and some exercise equipment in the room for me. So I had my own training session, doing it in my own time, whatever. It was lovely, lovely week. I, I, I remember sending you a message saying, good luck in the game. You're like, good luck for what? I'm in my bedroom on my own. <laughs> <laughs> How frustrating. Yeah, yeah. They, they done really well, didn't they? So technically it was harder for you to get into that team. Yeah, yeah. It was a good game. My favourite bit of it was Sadia Kabea getting player of the match. And I was watching her and she made a break at one point and I was just like, oh, yeah, it's good. So I was like some proud little mum um, <laughs> watching on TV from from a bedroom. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, we'll come to what you're doing now and your plans for the future in a moment. But let's talk about your mural. So, Mark, how did you and Shauna meet in the first place? So, Mural's officially licensed street artist for the RFU, and um, and we got invited to paint at Twickenham. I mean, what what an honour! You know, I'm never going to get to go and play at Twickenham, but to to get us to go and paint there was uh, probably the next best thing. And we we, we done a few walk arounds at Twickenham and uh, had a look, and there's a lot of concrete walls. You know, I think it's a great place, but it needed a bit of life into it. And uh, we were walking around looking at different spaces and what we were going to do. And I remember we got round to the the lift shafts on the west side of the stadium, which is where the iconic gates are that the players walk into, which is just absolutely fantastic. And there's two big shafts there that have just got some some British Airways branding on it and, and nothing else going on it. In the end, the brief was to create a piece of artwork on each one of them. And one of them we dedicated to the current men's team. And we had to have three players on there. And the Red Roses was the one on the left. That was when I first learned about Shauna because Shauna was one of the names of the players that they wanted us to include in there. So I had to do a little bit of research and look at pictures and stuff like that. And she was the most difficult one <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> the, pictures of, the 
picture that we got, I don't know, I can't remember the reason why, but the picture that we got, because the old brand I was like, oh, that wasn't this year's picture. That was last year's picture when all the brands were different. That so, was it. And yeah. it was the wrong shirt. So we, we then had to create it with long sleeve. And there were so many different complications to it. Being honest with you, that was the one That was the one we were most nervous about because we, we were aware that the women were training. Was your training at the time, wasn't you, when we were doing it, I think, or there was meetings going yeah, on? Yeah, we were that. We, yeah, we was there for the day having a meeting. So we were told that the, the women team will be around. The men the men didn't come out, but we'd already disappeared by that point. And um, Shauna came down with uh, with Zoe Hosen. And um, they were like little kids. They were jumping up and down in front of it, doing <laughs> selfies and stuff. It was brilliant. And it was, it was so unexpected to us because I don't know why if we had this perception that there were going to be these kind of very straight-laced people and maybe we were told that's what to expect but they were just so bubbly and so excited to see it and I just remember seeing Shauna and meeting her in person being a very different person to what I'd seen but I'd seen this person that very aggressive in rugby tackles pulling them angry faces and stuff like that she's got this infectious smile I always say it to her she's always happy and bubbly when I see her and she's not playing rugby and it was just so nice to see and yeah we had we're such a laugh doing selfies and she got Jake, one of our artists, in a headlock on his request. It I was, was gonna, yeah, you've got to add that bit and I just randomly yeah. get him in a headlock. Yeah, I've seen that picture, yeah. <laughs> he, he did also ask Emily Scarrett to kick him in the nuts and um, she obliged. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this? Video yeah, can you kick me in the nuts, please? Um, right. I don't know what, what he was doing that day, but no. he was on one and... Um, <laughs> And and it was just I just remember that was the highlight for me. It was it was really good fun. And Shauna was the one out of everyone that was involved in that project that messaged us on social media and liked the post and shared it and followed us and stuff like that. And you remember these things. And we we stayed in touch. And it was it was only afterwards when the women's Euros were coming up that uh, we were involved in it with the mayor of London. And and I and I thought this is a really cool thing, you know, to have the women's football. This is I really felt this tournament was going to be huge for women's sport. I could just feel it because, you know, there was expectations on them, but these were a good bunch. And we were so heavily involved. And I thought it'd be really cool to see someone that's excelling in another women's sport to, for England to kind of get involved in what we're doing. And uh, it started out where we we invited Shauna to come and watch the match with us at Trafalgar Square, which was the semi-final. Was it the yeah. quarter-final or semi-final? I think it was semi. It was against Sweden, ended up 4-0. And then, I mean, that night was just absolutely brilliant. We had such a laugh. Sky Sports were down there and I, I became... Shauna's agent for the night, didn't I? I was plugging again. Do you want to come and speak to another England player? Um, so like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you working me into? And then like puts the camera face on and she was happy and she was very comfortable in front of it. And I knew, I knew that she she's gonna be in front of this camera. And then and then not long after that, we done the reveal of the Frank Kirby mural in the Kirby estate, which is obviously Bermondsey and again connected to Shauna where in the area that she was from. And she came down very happily, supported what we were doing, but obviously advocating for, for what these women were doing but yeah going back to, to the original point that's where we first met and it was just so nice to see her so happy about seeing her face I mean I, I would be anyone be happy to see their face painted on the side of Twickenham wouldn't they I think did you know about that, Shauna? I don't. I can't even remember if we've spoken about it, if you knew about the project at all. Or you just no, turned not up the first one. It. Yeah, not not the first one. Didn't didn't even know it was a thing. Didn't even know murals were a thing, really. And part of the reason why I liked it so much is, again, if we go deeper, and this is how my brain works, is what it actually means. So essentially, you've got graffiti at Twickenham. The RFU have paid for someone to graffiti their walls, and it's just like graffiti, which has the history of a mess and should be covered up, and it's not it's not proper. It's all a bit ghetto and a bit underhand, and yet there's graffiti. 
treaty at the home of English rugby. <laughs> Come on. Breaking the boundaries. That's what it was breaking, all about. Yeah, wasn't breaking it? boundaries. Changes up then. Changes up then. Subverting it all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's more than one mural, Shauna, don't you? You know, that she's she's a bit greedy, actually. Right. Okay. Talk me through. There's not, many, there's not many people that we've done two of, but Shauna has definitely <laughs> uh, had one. So the, the one that you'll be referring to is the one that we painted ahead of the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, and it's on the side of the Oval Cricket Club. Right, Which is really, really unusual. But obviously there's a reason, and that being the fact that the Oval is in Kennington, and Kennington is where Shauna's from. We wanted to paint her in the place that she's connected to. We we looked at, because we've done this with a few other players as well, but we looked at the rugby clubs, we looked at schools, but the Oval is obviously a massive sport cricket and England play there occasionally as well so you've got England cricket and then all of a sudden you've got England rugby it's a nice connection on a national sport level and we just we put the idea to them no idea what the reaction was going to be I spoke to their marketing team and they thought it was brilliant and they're really encouraging with women's sport as well you know uh, literally where we done it you can actually see into the stadium and they've got like not murals as such but like big pictures on the wall of all iconic moments in sport and they've got quite a lot of, like, you know, the first woman to play for Surrey and England and stuff like that. So it ticked a lot of boxes. It was really nice. And r- roughly how long did it take to, to paint it? So my man JXC was on that and it was done in two days. Two start days? To finish. That's the actual artwork. Obviously, we, you know, we were working on the design for a lot longer than that. So the design part took it took longer and the planning of it. But yeah, it was done in two days. If I remember rightly, it was pretty poor weather um, <laughs> during the time as well. Right. And it's on the pavement, which is literally on the main road. And Sean knows the area really well. And there's a bus stop. There's literally a bus stop there. So Josh, bless him, he was trying to paint. He literally had to keep stopping as people were getting on and off the bus and just staring at him. Even when people were standing there waiting for the bus, it's just watching them going, what the hell is this? Because, you know, you know the process of what we do. And it didn't look like Sean at the beginning. It takes a little bit of time before it starts coming together and people realise what it is. Yeah, there was a lot of interested people in it. So, Sean, did you know about this mural or was it a surprise when it was all finished? I, because of Marcus spoke about where it is and I love the fact that it's on the Oval Cricket Ground, more for the fact it's on the main road because if it was at a rugby club, it, for me it would be hidden and it wouldn't be me because I didn't grow up in a rugby club and the kind of people that I know in the circles that I move in, they wouldn't see it at a rugby club because like I say, not not from rugby at all. So I had a few people sending it to me before it was finished because ah. they just drive past it. Ah. <laughs> and like Mark said, it doesn't look like me for a while. <laughs> or and then it's an ugly version of me and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, and no. then when I said, well, um, are you doing something at Oval? He went, oh, no. He went, don't, no, don't look at it yet. It's not finished. It doesn't look like you. I promise that's not the end subject. And I was just, because, yeah, my eyes looked a bit funny. And, <laughs> right, right. and I was like, oh, this is a bit awkward. Yeah. And yeah. Because it wasn't finished, um, so I did. I did see a few previews of it of just people driving past or on the bus that I knew just from from life. A few spoilers. So, uh, who who chose the image, Mark? Was that something that you chose in association with the Oval, or what? No, happened? we we um, the Oval kindly gave us permission on it, but uh, that was their involvement at that point. We worked completely with the RFU, right? Um, so the branding team, and you know, we we looked at so many different images. The challenge we had is the wall wasn't. Huge in terms of the height we had a lot of width there to play with but we didn't have too much height 
And one of the really important things was to obviously show Shauna and her characteristics, but also to get across that this is someone playing rugby, a rugby player, because obviously we want more and more people to be aware. So ideally, you want a shot of Shauna with the rugby ball, but it was really challenging because of the, the height we got. I'm always keen to make sure we get the portraits as big as possible because the bigger the face is, the more detail we can get in there. When you're using spray cans, you need as much space as you can. And also the brickwork as well. You've got these big you know, gaps in between each brick as well. And you know, you put the eyeball in a certain position, it can throw everything off. So there was lots of challenges for it. But I think it was even, even the night before we started it, I think we changed the image about three or four times and even the wording that went on there and everything like that so it was a lot of backwards and forwards but we're all really happy with it and even the final one we slightly went off piste a little bit and changed some things here and there but we're all really happy with it excellent any any hitches with it at all along the way or did it all go smoothly it went smoothly there was a little looking coy there Mark I've got to say looking coy there was a little bit of a confusion as to to the branding that goes onto the shirt and um, it was it was all resolved because you know the way that the crease fell on the shirt and we wanted to get the brand in there and everything like that but we, we managed to to go back there and, and fix that at a later point but no not really you, you know we don't really tend to have too many hitches for us what what it's about is is making sure that it fits to the design and that we are happy with it genuinely i'm only happy with it once the subject that's in it yeah. is happy with it so as soon as i knew that shauna was happy with it and loved it and i saw the amazing pictures of her fiance and her mum in front of it smiling and stuff like that I, I was over the moon well for her. I was going to come to this because I'm never going to have a mural made of me ever unless Mark you decide to do one in Watford that, that'd be fantastic however it's it's very unlikely how does it feel when you see a mural of yourself Shauna is it I, I can't even begin to think <laughs> of how it feels I think it's great I said Mark what a fantastic idea <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't have chosen a better person. <laughs> so you love it, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I quite like being front and center. Yeah, sometimes like when I when I want to. Yeah, especially a picture. I don't have to be. I don't have to be on show. The picture. I can just refer people to the picture to the mural. Of course, yeah. And, and the amount of people that have like messaged me and called like, "Why is your face on the oval?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's great, isn't it?" So, so go on. How many times have you been down there then? Quite a few. I've, I've actually, no, I've actually only been once because really? I don't live in London anymore. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. live in London. But the amount of people that I've had send it to me, I couldn't tell you. It's got to be like a 50 plus people. And yeah, we're hoping to go down there again properly with the RFU because I, I only went by myself. So I couldn't really get the best kind of pictures. I'm just trying to do selfies. Like, And again, it's on the main road. Buses are going past. I'm a proper like an influencer in the world trying to take a picture of myself <laughs> like in the dark as well. It's, did I imagine yeah. it? He was doing them selfies after a like, bit of a night out as well. Um, <laughs> it wasn't no. a proper night out. I was out, but not out, out, you know? Oh, um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I've not been that. I've been down there by myself, but we're also planning to go at the end of January for some proper content and an actual camera with another human being taking it as yeah. well. Because I've not really showed off about it on my socials because I want to do it justice. I don't want to put a few selfies of me take, taking selfies on there. So, yeah, I, I can't wait for me to be able to chat about it properly as well across all my socials with good content. Fantastic. Excellent. So what are you up to these days and what are your plans for the future? Oh, that's a good question. What am I up to? Just hanging out. No, I'm joking. Um, so I keep myself very busy with my ambassador roles. I do a lot of visiting of clubs to schools to organisations. 
I'm working like my big projects at the moment are with Royal London. They're doing stuff with the British and Irish Lions to try and make that happen as a tour for women. I work a lot with Umbro around their branding and how to improve things like rugby boots and, and stuff, a lot of stuff around women, a lot of stuff around female empowerment, just trying to sort of get my message out there as much as possible and getting people to realize and, and even getting fellow sports women to realize that we have a value, we have a worth. And when I tell them all of the stuff I either get for free or I get paid to to wear, to use, to talk about, they can't believe it. So I like to, I wouldn't say I ever want to be an agent as such, but I like to find work for other people as well. And especially stuff that I can't do that comes to me. I like referring it on. Like I get pleasure in getting other people to realize that you have a value as well. But yeah, my favorite stuff is going out and doing company and organization visits and especially the formal stuff and the corporate stuff, because you can see me, Justin, you can hear me. I'm not someone who sounds like someone who normally stands up in a global office of tens of thousands of employees and gives a speech or, or talks about their journey, et cetera. And I, I don't change my tone much for them. Like I, I might slow down and pronounce my THs and I might say water, yeah. society instead of society. Yeah. But apart from that, like yeah. I, I meet and I'm real with them and the feedback I get is how how valuable it is because I talk a lot about my experiences, experiences growing up in, in South London and moving way out to Kent and also being moving from athletic, which is lots of different classes, lots of different ends of society, lots of different races in athletics compared to rugby, which is still has the stereotype. And I would suggest it's still quite accurate of you have to be white, middle class male to play. Um, so yeah, working against stereotypes and just getting people to, again, be nice to people. Mm. Just think about somebody else for a change and think about if you put the toilets in that corner, can someone who uses a wheelchair get there? If you put the door that way round, is it is it a door that's automatically open? Yeah. Because if I had crutches, could I use that door? Do I put nappy change in, in the men's toilets as well? Because sometimes news... Men look after their kids too, and they need somewhere to change their babies. Um, so yeah, just getting spreading the message around equality, diversity, and inclusion, but mm. making it real, making it everyday, not necessarily stats and statistics and figures and talk about like systematic errors, but actually just say, Do you realize I'm all right because I've got light skin? But say if my dad or my fiance who is dark skin. If they want to buy a plaster and it says skin color plasters, it's not their skin color. Mm. It's a, a white person's skin color. Mm. It's just those things like make hair and makeup. So if I go to a video shoot, I have to pre-warn them. And I say I have to, I choose to, that I have mixed race. So my skin is a bit different. It takes the makeup a bit different. My tone's a bit different. But my hair in particular is Afro hair. It's curly. I have to ask, is it somebody who's competent? with afro hair right if not might as well not bring, especially if it's just me as the talent that day mm. there's no point in bringing a hairdresser if they can't deal with my hair so it's just those everyday things and i say everyday hair and makeup is actually my everyday it's quite sad and um, even though i don't like doing it um <laughs> but yeah just getting people to realize that other people exist other people have different needs and it's okay to acknowledge them it's okay to act differently towards other people because it's about their need the same way if someone's hard of hearing and they ask you to pronounce it a lot more look at them because they're lip reading or you might speak a bit louder because that's what they need mm. you don't necessarily need to then speak louder to someone who isn't hard of hearing you speak differently to your children, how you do to your 
partner, wife, husband, how you do to people at work, like the same way you have a telephone voice. Like we already treat people differently. So it's okay to treat people differently because of their needs, not because of yours. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. A final question, I guess, would be, what would be your one piece of advice for someone that wants to be the next Shauna Brown, someone that wants to get involved in sport at the highest level? Let's say they're a young girl at the moment. What would be your one piece of advice that you would give them? There's no substitute for hard work and attitude. And as much as I do get so many young people message me and say, I want to play rugby for England, what do I do? And the first thing I say is, well, well, what are you doing now? Don't ask me what to do. What are you doing now? Are you getting to training early? Are you the person that's asking the questions in the session? Are you the person that's going to the coach for feedback? Are you putting in the extras? Are you at home just throwing and catching balls or toys, frisbees, whatever it is, just to practice your hand-eye coordination? What is it that you're doing? Don't expect other people to come in and help you if you don't even want to help yourself. So as much money as you can throw at something, as much as you can have the right kit and you can have the best parents with the best car that drops you off and the best dinners when you get home no matter what nothing substitutes hard work and attitude and that's that's what's propelled me I've grown up in in not a lot of money and grown up in a council estate and council housing etc single parent got brother and sister never went to university all of that stuff but I'm you know what I mean I'm doing all right I would suggest and mm, absolutely don't, don't stuff be an excuse to not achieve absolutely so what's in the future what do you think is in the future for you um, I'm still trying to work it out if I'm honest I'm trying to not get a proper job <laughs> we're, we're all doing that <laughs> so if I could just do a lot of the hosting and presenting and the speaking stuff you know maybe one day I'll have my own TV show that would be a dream go around the world showing how much women can do um, we're going to train her up on the cans as well and get her doing a bit of spray painting I'm love that but I'm just not sure how creative I am and I'm like I'm really no good at art however I wouldn't say no but the TV show it could be that I go around with a woman for two or three weeks and we go around doing things that women aren't supposed to do in terms of mm. what society says just to prove if you teach a woman she can lay a brick wall she can do it if you teach a woman how to spray cans she can do it if you teach a woman how to drive a bus she can do it and it's not because oh no women aren't designed for that kind of job it's just because they're told their whole lives are not supposed to so there you go i've said it out loud that would be my dream is, is Shauna one of the only people that you've done two murals of, Mark? Or, or is, it, is, this, is it unusual to do two murals of one person? In terms of public ones, I mean, obviously we've done lots of ones of people like Stephen Gerrard and in people's homes and stuff like that. But in terms of big, large-scale stuff, I would say there's probably... I can't think off the top of my head. Um, well, I can but, tell you there's two Elton John ones because I've seen yeah, them There you go. So Elton John <laughs> and Shauna Brown. There you go. Esteemed company there, Shauna. There's three Elton Johns, actually, Shauna. Oh, yeah, there's, there's three Elton Johns. Elton. You're right, there's three Elton Johns. Oh, yeah. So we're giving, we need to find another wall, don't we? <laughs> it's, it's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you mean? You said about Stephen Gerrard, people have asked you to paint them at their house. Don't, have they not asked for me yet? I'm going Not to. yet, but I don't know. Maybe people... <laughs> yes, <but> yeah, Justin. <laughs> Justin. Justin needs one. I do. <laughs> yeah. Just here. Just here will do. <laughs> Shauna, you've been a fantastic guest. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Justin. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Yeah, she was uh, she was a great guest. I really enjoyed talking to Shauna. She was she was great fun, wasn't she? Uh, she was absolutely brilliant. She's so bubbly and um, you, you can't help but kind of feel buoyed after having a conversation with her. I mean, from an educational point of view, like yourself, I'm not particularly up on rugby, let alone women's rugby. So she's given us a really good insight into into that world. But 
people like Sean are, are responsible for taking it to the next level because it's a sport that's growing rapidly for women and um, she's she's uh, definitely a face of that and she's doing all the right things to help keep pushing it yeah she's she's amazing and she was an amazing guest right but that's it from us this time round we'll be back again soon on the say it and spray it podcast see you later ta-da Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.